one set of flowers, a graduate of three of the programs from our school. My BSN was when the school was still down at Tuscaloosa in 1966, and then I have a uh, master's from here when it was UAB in 1983, and then my doctorate is 1985. My class was the last graduating class in Tuscaloosa, and the next year they moved up here, and the, so after that, classes graduated from UAB. The subject is UAB. This is UAB Memories, where we get nostalgic and share the memories people have made over the years at the University of Alabama in Birmingham. I'm Will Shingleton, producer and host of the Memories Podcast. And in today's Memories, we're venturing into uncharted territory with the UAB nursing legend. Juan's Etta Flowers' relationship with the university dates back to before it even existed in the form it does now. She's a pioneer in the nursing field in a couple of different respects. But before all that happened, she was immediately struck by everything UAB was doing for the nursing profession. And if she could, she knew she wanted to be a part of it someday. I was working as a public health nurse and... When had decided, I watched what was going on at UAB, and I saw that all of the exciting things in nursing happened at UAB. So my then-husband and I were going to Germany for three years with Uncle Sam, and so I said, when I come back to Birmingham, I'm going to get a job at UAB. And then I'll be there, and if they have a new and inviting, an exciting program, they um, will know that I'm there, and they can ask me, and that's exactly what happened. She came back from Germany in 1971 and immediately applied for a position at UAB. There wasn't one available yet, but as you'll learn, Dr. Flowers isn't one to be deterred by obstacles very easily. I told the, the lady in personnel, I said, I want a nursing job, outpatient, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. And she said, nothing like that exists here. And I said, I know, <laughs> but that's what I want. So if you get one, let me know. We did at that time, UAB had what was called the Roberts Building, which was an indigent care outpatient clinic, but it was the only one. So she said, you know, the Roberts Building is full. And I said, that's okay. If you get something, let me know. And so she said, but we have all these places in the hospital. I said, no, I don't want to work in the hospital. I want to work, you know, 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. <laughs> so she just looked at me. Well, the next morning, and this was a Thursday afternoon, the next morning at 8 o'clock, the phone rings, and it's this woman. And she said, you know, I think we have just what you're looking for. A group of doctors had decided that they wanted to open a private outpatient clinic, which would eventually become UAB's Kirkland Clinic. And they needed a head nurse. And just in case you were wondering, it was Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. About four months after that, a new program started at the clinic came along that would change the course of Dr. Flowers' career forever. One of the physicians in the department of OBGYN called me into his office and he said, there's this program called Nurse Clinicians right now, and my friend out in California started it because they, were, they had so many deaths from cervical cancer. And Alabama is currently leading the nation in deaths from cervical cancer because we have 27 counties in which there's no physician. So women can't get pap smears and they're not coming into the hospital until they're frankly bleeding. And by then it's stage four and they're dying. So we would like to start something like that, and we're calling it nurse clinicians right now. Would you be interested in something like that? And I said, well, you know, when the universe gives you exactly what you asked for, it's pretty bad to say no. She was urged by one of the doctors to find someone to enter into this new, innovative program with her. And just like that, the two of them became the first two nurse practitioners in the state of Alabama. 
They were brought on to help fight the alarming number of deaths by cervical cancer in Alabama, and were working right alongside some of the top doctors in the country to make that happen. And on that note, I want to add in a little personal connection that I have to this story. Back in the late 60s, early 70s, when all this was happening, one of the physicians at the Department of OBGYN was a guy named Dr. Hugh M. Shingleton. And for the five or six of you that actually remember my name, you may notice a resemblance there. Dr. Shingleton, who helped fashion the program that Dr. Flowers was enrolled in, was my grandfather. And according to Dr. Flowers, the training that he and his colleagues put the nurse clinicians through was pretty intense. We had a year of pure European apprenticeship. And we followed the doctors in OBGYN around. We spent a week with each of them and did whatever they did. We went to surgery every morning and uh, examined patients under anesthesia. And the goal was, Dr. Singleton said, you have to examine 1,000 patients. So we kept a little list. And when we got to 1,000, he was happy. It took us about a year. It was fascinating. And that, I don't know what they do now, but in those days, the med students who were rotating through had classes every morning. So we went every morning to their classes. Then we went to surgery and examined patients. Then we went to clinics with whatever doctor we were following. And we spent any downtime we had in their libraries Mm -hmm. reading everything. And we carried a little notebook with us, and we wrote down everything that was new that we were looking at and hearing about and studying it from their libraries. It was fascinating. After that year, the program expanded. The new nurse clinicians would now be bringing in four nurses at a time from the state health department, teaching them and then sending them out to apprentice with a physician in Alabama. And after a while, it became clear that what had started as a fascinating new program had turned into an incredibly effective one, too. We had eight students per three months. What they would do is come and spend three months with us, which we, we would do classes with them and give them the basics and uh, how to do pelvic exams and whatever, and then send them back to their counties to apprentice with a doctor for the next nine months. So that it was a one-year program. The American Cancer Society funded it, and after four years of our program, we went from number one in deaths to number 50. Her most important fight as a nurse practitioner, though, may not have come in the hospital or the classroom. In addition to being an accomplished nurse practitioner in her own right, Dr. Flowers has also been one of the biggest advocates for nurse practitioners in the legislative arena. As the profession began to develop and grow within the state, Dr. Flowers and her colleagues fought hard for the expansion of the Nurse Practice Act, which would give more authority and increase the scope of practice for nurse practitioners. That idea, however, was not met well by many of the physicians in the state. And it started a policy war in the Capitol that would go on for a number of years. We weren't trying to be physicians. We were mainly just trying to provide care for people who, in the counties that didn't have physicians. But they fought us, and they fought us, and they fought us. And so I I was president of Alabama State Nurses for for two terms. And then the first one in the 80s, I, I lived in Montgomery in the legislative section because we were having to just hang on to watch every bill because the hospital association, the pharmacist, the, even the dentist would get on trying to to really curtail our practice. And so we had to really watch everything and we had to lobby all the time. And, you know, <laughs> it was hard. That fight was draining. And at times it appeared as if they were destined to lose. But as ever, Dr. Flowers was not going to give up easily on what she wanted. When we were fighting the physicians, uh, for the first nurse practitioner bill, uh, 
one of the uh, faculty met me in the elevator and she said, Wanzetta, do you do you think we're going to win this? Because it was looking bleak. <laughs> and I said, yes, we are going to win this. And, and she said, why are you so certain? I said, because we're right. And you know, if you don't give up when you know you're right, you can eventually prevail. You just can't let them defeat you and say, that's never going to happen. You just say, it will happen. And you just keep doing what you need to do to make it happen. Listing all of Dr. Flowers' accolades would take a while. She's an absolute titan in the history of nursing in Alabama. But despite her distinguished resume, she has a different way of viewing her career. I say my epitaph should read, she showed up and said yes, because nothing that I have ever done could I have ever planned to do it because it didn't exist. And what I have done, wherever I have been, whatever, wherever I am at the time, I have done it to the best of my ability and to the fullest of my ability and tried to get the most out of it. And so I think that prepared me then to be able to say yes, not to be afraid to do something that nobody's ever done. Dr. Flowers' UAB memories are a testament to not only her career, but how far nursing has come in Alabama over the last 50 years. But her story is also a great reminder for UAB's recent graduates. Because if nothing else, she's a great example of how your dream job might not even exist yet. You may not be able to make the exact impact that you want on the world right this minute. But if you're patient, diligent, and creative, those doors might be there to be open someday. And if you're willing to just be present, you could even create some doors for others too. I'm Will Shingleton. Today's memories are about showing up, saying yes, and changing people's lives. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating. This whole project is designed to bring people into what UAB has to offer, and ratings and reviews are a big step in that direction. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for another UAB Minute.